Broadcasting from the Unshackled Studios in Melbourne, this is Wilms Front, brought to you by the Unshackled.net. Now here's Tim Wilms. Hello everyone and welcome back to another Wilms Front featured interview show on this Thursday the 9th of June 2022. Tonight we are on the Wilms Front YouTube, DLive and Odyssey channels. It is 8.30pm in Melbourne, Victoria where it is still very cold and uh, very wet. Uh, we have got some meteorological data now to, to back up uh, our uh, chills uh, that it is the, the coldest start to a Victorian winter in 70 years. But uh, enough about the weather. I've still got my, my jacket on because it is very cold. Now, on tonight's show, I'll be exploring a, a different topic, a question that has been asked by humans on this earth and uh, including myself are we alone in the universe does extraterrestrial life on other planets or in other galaxies exist are they already here or are they regular visitors uh, that's what i'm going to be exploring tonight with my featured guest uh, for this show which i recorded yesterday uh, so i do when i premiere these uh, pre-recorded interviews is that uh, I'll be with you in the live chat to join the discussion and then I'll be back live at the end of the interview show uh, to wrap it up. And uh, this uh, interview goes for 58 minutes, so it is a, a, a full hour feature. Uh, so I hope that you enjoy it and uh, I'll be back uh, for the end of the show. This is Will's Front, brought to you by theunshackled.net. Mary Rodwell, also known as the Alien Lady, is one of Australia's leading researchers and writers in UFOs and extraterrestrial contact. She has researched more than 3,000 cases of extraterrestrial encounters. She is the founder and principal of Australian Close Encounter Resource Network, established in 1997 to provide counselling, support, hypnotherapy, and information to individuals and their families with uh, paranormal experiences and abduction and contact experiences. Mary is also the director and chair of the experience support programs of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters and an advisory member of ExoPolitics. Uh, Mary is a former nurse, midwife, and health educator. She is the author of two books, Awakening, How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life, published in 2010, The New Human Awakening to Our Comic Heritage, which was published in 2016. She has uh, spoken at numerous conferences around the world and has been a featured UFO and extraterrestrial expert in news media reports and documentaries most recently in the netflix series top secret ufo projects declassified which centers around the release of the unidentified aerial phenomena uap report by the united states office of the director of national intelligence uh, this was the first public admission from the u.s intelligence communities uh, that uh, ufos or as they term uh, term them uaps are real and they can't explain them uh, mary welcome to wilms front it's an absolute pleasure tim and uh, now alien and ufo mythology has been part of uh, human uh, civilization and culture for a millennia the stereotype, and th this seems to be ingrained into us as, as children, is that uh, aliens, uh, their most common form are as uh, little green humanoid men who travel around in flying saucers and sometimes uh, abduct humans, uh, uh, beaming them up into their uh, spaceship and to perform exper experiments on them. Uh, how did how did this stereotype develop, and uh, has this been based on any actual close uh, encounters over uh, human history? 
Well, that's a good question. And it looks, it primarily starts from what I call the truth embargo that has been deliberate with government since they've known that this is a reality. And everyone knows about the Roswell incident, for example, in 1947, where there were actually two crashed craft where they recovered bodies and what have you. There was a big, um, one of the reasons I think for the embargo to start with was they didn't want panic, but they also wanted to know how much of a threat these beings were. So a lot of research went into, in fact, that's when the CIA was, um, if you like, the first intelligence agency to explore all of this as well. Their main focus was technology here. Certainly we're being visited by these little greys, but of course, what wasn't known was what were the agendas at the time. So that was part of the reason for the truth embargo. The problem with that was that anyone having experiences with any of these intelligences at all was considered um, mentally deranged. So you've got a reality that the governments don't want the public to know from a variety of reasons, some of them to do with secrecy, obviously, and, and keeping the the technology quiet and what they're finding from these craft and reverse engineering that technology, by the way, like digital trip, uh, chips, fiber optics, night vision, all of those came as reverse engineered technologies. They didn't want that out there, but also they didn't want people talking about this. Part of the reason was because they didn't want people to get scared. But another part is because they still wanted to find out all the agendas and what have you. The trouble is with that, we have, and I believe, you know, I've worked with three and a half thousand families and children with experiences. The problem is that if you're having experiences, no one's going to believe you. And so, you know, a lot of these individuals, unfortunately, have been medicated, put into hospitals simply by their experiences because it's not been understood by mainstream psychology or psychiatry or not known about. So they've been considered crazy. And that's why ultimately I created a CERN because I wanted to have uh, offer professional support. I'm a professional counselor and hypnotherapist. And I was able to offer you know, professional support to help those individuals that came to me understand what was going on and to integrate any traumas or any experiences in a way that is healthy for them. I know that uh, in the in the past, if somebody told me they'd had a, a close encounter or abducted by aliens, I'd be extremely uh, skeptical of their their claim. Uh, how do you uh, approach uh, uh, approach when someone comes to you? Because there there would be uh, situations where it it is someone who's uh, who has uh, developed uh, delusions. So sort of what uh, what, what what sort of a, a, a how do you draw your uh, conclusions uh, when studying uh, these people who come to you? Well, it's really not as prevalent that those that you would call mentally unwell would actually claim this because it's not something most people would want to claim because they would be considered crazy right away. The main thing is that they fit their patterns of experience are very, very similar. And I have a questionnaire which people can find if they choose to, if they think they're having this experience. And what I discovered was patterns of experience time and time and time again were similar. And that in itself is very compelling. And they also come out with things that are not known about in mainstream. And when you have people with often very credible um, backgrounds. I mean, I've worked with, you know, medical doctors, psychiatrists, nurses, social workers, lawyers, celebrities, people that have got a lot to lose by sharing this is their, their experience, but really struggling to maintain their everyday life having this experience as well. So it really isn't that common. And I was often asked, you know, why would, um, would it be because you know people want a bit of attention or you know fame or what have you and i'm saying to be quite honest it's attention that most people don't want you don't want and, and i'm not going to make them famous the most thing that is going to happen if they've traveled a long way to see me for example i've had people travel from other countries to see me you know 
to spend all that money to come and see me to tell me a fantasy would be completely pointless. I'm not going to make them famous and I'm not going to give them a lot of money. So the bottom line is it's profound for them. And some of them have had these interactions all their lives. And what they most want more than anything is not fame and fortune. They want really just someone to listen with an open mind and an open heart to what has been part of their lives and profoundly affected their lives in many cases. Um, and this can be somebody as old, you know, getting on to 70 or 80. So that's why it's not something that most people um, are fantasizing about. And very, very few are, um, I would say, are suspect. What are their experiences like? Are they uh, like the the stereotype I described that uh, UFOs come to to visit their their properties regularly? Have they they been uh, abducted, or is it more metaphysical? Because uh, it's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, hypothesis about alien life that it might not be in the the physical form, like the the little green men because extraterrestrials we uh know uh, no not not much about and so they could come in any form tim that's absolutely right what i've discovered through my research over 25 plus years is there are very much physical entities some of them are what we call the, the little z the little gray beings or whatever there are a lot of humanoids of different forms there are many different forms of uh, what we call those actual physical beings, but there are also those that seem to come from other dimensions or interdimensional or extra dimensional, for example. And what people may not realize in the survey that we did with 4,300 people globally, um, that the most prevalent beings that people see are what we call energy beings, which is like, you know, they're in the, a form of energy which are, communicate with them. And secondly, humanoids. And thirdly, the Zeta, gray beings that are so popular on television and in films is, is the one that most people think that's what people see, but they were third down the list. So, uh, uh, and the other part of your question about, you know, is some of this a spiritual experience? Absolutely, because what we discovered again was when people are asked about when they go on board craft, how many times were they aware of being physical or whether they were going out in their energy or astral form or out of body, 75% of their experiences were out of body. So we've very much got a spiritual component here as well as you know the, the physical component. And that's why the nuts and bolts of ufology struggled so much with people with experiences because they didn't always go physically but they would go with their consciousness. And this is why my work has spanned the nuts and bolts side, but also the metaphysical side, because of the fact that also what happens after experiences, many people seem to have that, um, that consciousness uh, of themselves activated. So they start to see more in the, of the non-physical realm, which is you know energy forms, balls of light, energy, spirit beings, um, ET beings and what have you, that gets expanded after their experiences. Uh, going into other aspects of uh, human uh, mythology, uh, would, there, would there be some who'd uh, mistake them for, for, for ghosts? And uh, obviously, uh, part of uh, the, the human uh, hu human history and uh, mythology has also been uh, religion uh, as well. Uh, one of my uh, co-hosts is a, is a Christian, and when I said I was talking to you, he uh, he said that his hypothesis is that uh, aliens are, are demons. So. Uh, there, there would be uh, uh, people who would interpret uh, these sorts of spiritual uh, uh, beings other ways. Tim, it's a really important one because when somebody comes to me and if they're coming from a belief system like that, they may be very fearful thinking they're demons and what have you. And that's understandable because of that particular dogma. But there's something very distinctly different between a, a demon or an entity 
that wishes someone harm and a being that actually may in fact be involved in a healing procedure. We found that 50% of those we surveyed of the, the 4,300 people had healing procedures on board craft, which hardly makes them demons. Healing from cancer right through to other illnesses. The, let's put it like this. Your perception will, to a certain extent, and your beliefs will dictate how you interpret your experience. For example, some that are very religious may see a light being as an angel, whereas someone who isn't into um, that kind of dogma or belief system will say, oh, it was, it's a light being. So there is very much about what do you believe and what you, how do you interpret that experience? And so when someone comes to me, I need to know where their belief system is. You know, if they say, well, I, I'm not sure I believe in, in anything really, you know, I've, I've got no belief in, in God or anything else. Okay, so what is it that you are seeing and experiencing and how do you interpret that? Because that's the most important thing is, is their understanding of that. But regarding demons and entities and what have you, generally they are, have a negative effect on you they will, you know, um, and can, can certainly send you crazy because, you know, you're operating under an influence of something very evil. People who've had experiences find that, that what we discovered was 85% of those who had experiences had a psycho-spiritual transformation, which meant that they changed their lifestyle, became more holistic, often interested in healing, often interested in caring for the planet, um, they have changed their whole philosophy into one of more of, of love and connection to everything. That's hardly the way a demon would uh, get you to behave. So it's the antithesis of what a, a, a demonic entity would create for you. And that's why I'm absolutely certain that many of these intelligences are actually here to help humanity because of the changes they make in people who've had experiences. And uh, that's uh, the uh, uh, a hypothesis of that's uh, developed in your your two books, and uh, you have a, a term for these uh, these people who've uh, uh, improved uh, their their lives uh, through uh, extraterrestrial uh, contact, uh, star children or indigo or crystal uh, children. Can can you ex elaborate on why uh, what those those terms mean? Well, I'm trying to cover the belief, the understanding from different sections of our society, and in what I have noticed is those that have had experiences, at least the adults or the grandparents, each generation seems to be more aware, for want of a better word, they almost like an upgrade. And what was interesting to me is the latest generations are extremely open to what we would call the non-physical realm. They're a lot more sensitive. Many of them seem to be telepathic. Many of them seem to be aware they can do healing, communicating with animals, this kind of thing. And so what I noticed in metaphysical terms for those in the spiritual fraternity, often call them indigo children, star children, children of light, all these names are given to these new children that are being recognized um, worldwide. This is not just in one country, this is worldwide. What I was seeing was looking at them and wondering why they were different. And what I was noticing is often in mainstream, they are given diagnoses of, as a, a dysfunction. In other words, ADHD, Asperger's, some forms of autism, um, dyslexia. And I was fascinated by what that meant. And what, it dis what I discovered was that they seem to be wired differently. And I have a theory, a hypothesis of why that is, because many of the older generations have been very programmed into our very 3D limited paradigm. Whereas we're no longer, it, it, you're, it's not acknowledged anything out of the the physical is not really acknowledged as being credible. 
And we've got a psychology that says the same thing. Your five senses are all that you can trust. Everything else is imagination. You're just creating it or, you know, your intuition doesn't really mean very much or whatever. When in fact, the only way we get to understand true reality is understanding we live in a, and many scientists are talking about now the quantum hologram or quantum mechanics, where there are many, many dimensions, for example, and that we can operate um, intuitionally through our, our great, uh, through our consciousness into those other realms. And, and what is now being accepted is that's called consciousness. And so what now is happening is with these children, they seem to be more tuned into that awareness. They can access more of these realms. They see spirits or ghosts. They, they, they see energy. They see ET beings and what have you of various forms. They're aware of being taken out of body and, and going somewhere. They're aware of being educated on craft, for example. So there's, this is a whole new acceptance that we have more than a physical reality. And of course, we've got many scientists now exploring that because of people having near-death experiences, out of body, astral traveling, remote viewing, all are about consciousness and the fact we're not just our physical container, which is that you know what we operate in 3D with. So what it's really meaning is we're really at a crossroads in understanding what is a human and a human actually being more than its physical body, which all the indigenous tribes already know about and accept. It's not a problem to them. It's just a problem to the Cartesian model of reality that we've been educated into over the last few hundred years. And finally, it's changing to people accepting that people can have telepathic abilities, that people do see spirits, that clairvoyance and mediums and, and what have you can tap in to other intelligences and have some form of um, download or contact of um, conversation and what have you without being crazy. Um, and that's really where we're at. And why, what I'm acknowledging is the experience of the individual that's opening up and aware there's presences around them aware they can see granddad or feel granddad around or grandma or whatever. And rather than dismissing it, finding out what is going on, that they can actually do that, because I believe it's part of the human consciousness to be able to do that. Uh, one of your other hypotheses is that uh, uh, extraterrestrial uh, 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 beings and uh, spirits have uh, assisted with uh, human evolution uh, through uh, the ages and uh, human evolution uh, again uh, it's uh, disputed by uh, some some faiths but it's broadly accepted by the uh, the the scientific and archaeological uh, community that humans have uh, uh, evolved uh, can you explain how you uh, believe that's occurred? Well, I've got a very um, in, inquiring mind, um, Tim, in the sense that I was a nurse and a midwife, and I wanted to know, what. so what is the, the tangible 3D um, information that helps us understand what, what is the place of these beings in our reality? What I know about from an archaeological anthropological point of view is that we had Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon and other different forms of pre-human. And then there was a missing link. And then out of the blue, Homo sapiens sapiens appeared with twice the brain size and uh, psychological capabilities. So out of this nothingness, on top of that were 223 genes that were an added insertion of genetic material into Homo sapiens sapiens. Where did that come from? And one of the most renowned that you know was talking about this was Dr. Francis Crick, the co-founder of the DNA molecule. Um, and he said in his book, Life Itself, that he believed a intelligence created humans because there was so much evidence and other uh, molecular biologists have agreed with this. And I mentioned a few in my book that have noticed that we have been edited or spliced. Um, our DNA has been spliced, which gives evidence that some manipulation has gone on. Now, people say, well, who did it? Well, 
let's look at the gods, for example, that are all through our history in uh, and mythology. Everywhere you go, there are those that believe the gods. The gods can be um, all different forms. They've come to this planet. They're being worshipped across the globe and still are in many places, for example. These were coming in fiery ships or bursts of light and what have you. Classic UFOs. You see them in so many paintings, um, historical paintings, on even on cave walls, you see UFOs and what have you. So what the understanding is, and I absolutely concur with that, is that what we saw as gods in the past with their technique were really just um, these entities, these extraterrestrial beings that came to our planet and decided they would manipulate the indigenous species on here to create Homo sapiens sapiens. So they were the gods and they have the technology to do it. And they're still coming and they're still upgrading humans to a point where I think we are being prepared to connect with them in a very real way. And I, I think that this is why so many people are having experiences because there is, they're, they're basically saying you are us, that we have used our technology to add our own DNA to human DNA and ultimately you will be able to do what we can do. And this is what I think, and, and certainly Dr. Francis Crick says this, he says, what did they put into our DNA so that we would be aware of them at some point or another? So that's my hypothesis. There are many molecular biologists out there that are saying that they believe we've been intelligently designed. So that fits in very much um, as far as I'm concerned with what's happening now, because I believe they've been doing this upgrading through many generations. But uh, despite all of these uh, people uh, experiencing uh, extraterrestrial uh, meta and metaphysical experiences and sighting UFOs and uh, sometimes being abducted, we've never had a, a global uh, first contact, which is obviously been in numerous films and and television uh sci-fi programs or uh th there's also uh, the independence day style uh alien movies where it's an alien uh invasion uh that they either want to destroy uh the earth or uh, enslave us uh why hasn't there been this was at first uh, contact. And I know that uh, given what uh, us humans have experienced over the past two years, uh, a lot of people think that uh, first contact with aliens can't be any worse. <laughs> I agree with you there, Tim. Um, some say, why, don't, why haven't they landed on the White House lawn? Well, I can tell you why, because they'd be shot at, that's why. And they have been shot at all the way through the, the military, um, and there are many countries that have come out with, you know, sightings from military craft where the, they've got the cameras of the the um, the different forms of craft that they've witnessed or they photographed or whatever. And there's one in uh, the latest in the disclosure is from the HMS Nimitz, um, where they were seeing a hundred of these tic tac craft going into the sea and what have you. Um, and Kevin Day, what the radar operator, which I, I in fact met a few years ago, said it was profound, Mary, you know. Um, and the thing is that the governments behind the scenes have got so acreages of footage of craft of various forms that have not been released. They're only just starting to release it now. And what's hilarious for me is that they're saying, oh, we've got these bright lights and yes, they're following military planes and we see them all over the world and all the rest of it, but we still don't know where they are and what they come from. Well, that's the biggest load of uh, tosh I've ever heard because I've met whistleblowers um, that have talked about what they do know, including switching off nuclear um, missiles and what have you at various uh, army bases or uh, um, air force bases and what have you. Um, I met command uh, also a lovely gentleman, uh, Robert Salas, who was in one military base, and he he described what happened when these craft came outside the military base and switched off the nuclear warheads. Um, there's a book called The Day After Roswell, and in this. Um, 
there is a gentleman who worked at the White House, Colonel Corso, and he talks about an interaction he had with one of the gray beings outside a military base. And this, it, this being was, um, was basically what uh, he actually asked him, he said, what's in it for us? And this being said, a new world, if you can take it. And plainly, we couldn't because it was the technologies there was going to be a change in how we operate. If you know that there's technologies that can clear this planet of fossil fuels, for example, and a small implement that would give us free energy, just one of those, um, that type of technology would completely change the planet and the way that it's structured and, it's, and, and the socioeconomic structure, everything would change. And this is what Colonel Corso was aware of. And so were those in authority they would they would realize that a lot of this technology would completely change the world so they've they've sifted through and given us little bits of it so when we look back these are these are all contact but nobody hears about it for the simple reason that it, if they did know we would be wondering why we don't have that technology now because we're still using fossil fuels when there are such technology that would literally take us 50 years in advance of what we are now it's an interesting, uh, different hypothesis that they're uh, more scared of us uh, than we're fearful uh, of them. In the uh, net, uh, recent Netflix series, uh, which you were featured in, uh, one of the hypotheses uh, explored is that they're attracted to uh, human military bases and uh, nuclear sites and uh, one of the the reasons is that uh, it's a way of communicating that uh, to to humans that this uh, this stuff is is dangerous to us one of the things that's come through whistleblowers primarily although there have been many having contacts that have had communication with these intelligences the reason we're seeing so many of them now is the concern that they have with our technology and what we can do with it, particularly nuclear war and what have you, because they're saying that not only affects this planet and we could destroy it, but it also affects them in those other dimensions or realms. So they've been very concerned that we, you know, it, it's likened to a three-year-old with a loaded gun that doesn't realize the gun can kill. What we are doing a lot of the time is playing with things that we haven't got full understanding of the consequences of it. And what I believe their interaction with us in these, these contact experiences is to heighten our awareness, not just our cognitive awareness, but our spiritual awareness. So we see the consequences of what we're doing and we appreciate the consequences. And this is why I noticed with many of my clients that they changed their philosophy. They became a lot more spiritual. They became a lot more connected to people and they started to acknowledge more and more as of a, a spiritual realm. And that is really, their impact has been, in many cases, it's been like that because they want us to realize the consequences of some of this technology as well. And so for me, when I say it transforms your life, it transforms the way you understand yourself and reality. And that's what's happened with so many of those that I've worked with and many others that are now writing their stories uh, are coming out. And these are people highly credentialed, many of them with high academic backgrounds that are saying, this is how it's changed my life and given me a completely different focus on what matters. And that's, that to me has been the most, most profound outcome of many of these contacts. Now, you've already mentioned uh, post-World War II, uh, the CIA and also uh, the Pentagon have uh, kept uh, their, their these uh, UFO encounters uh, top secret and uh, uh, there's uh, been a widespread societal uh, uh, dis, uh, uh, mockery and uh, dis discreditation of those who've had close encounters. Uh, there, there, there was the the secret uh, projects, and again, that's explored in this net Netflix documentary, which I encourage people to to watch. There's Project Blue Book and uh, M M 
MJ uh, 12. And they, as you mentioned, they, they largely saw these uh, UFOs as military uh, threats, and which also played a part in wanting to keep them secret. Well, it's, it's interesting about the military threat side of it. Um, my understanding has been that on the whole, many of these different craft make evasive action rather than directly target any of the, the pilots and what have you. It's been us that have been the attacking force in many, many cases. So, and that's what um, many of the whistleblowers have actually said themselves. One was, what was interesting was I, I met a wonderful gentleman, a rocket scientist called David of Dare, who, you know, was creating rockets when he was 13, 12, 13 years old, was picked up and taken to Area 51. And he was introduced to a craft that they had there. And he, he said that his experience was they showed him this craft because they were interested in how he got so much information and what have you. And what he said about the craft was it was, if you like, almost intelligent. And one of the things that came through was don't let those that were watching him know that he was having a communication with it because it seems to me that as we well know we're still a pretty belligerent kind of aggressive race, uh, race of beings we still want to kill each other just for a piece of extra oil or, or gas or the fact that we want to take over each other and that is the consciousness of, of certainly a percentage of this planet and what I'm getting from people who are having encounters and experiences that they are educated and shown a different way. And this changes the way that they look at everyone and also in terms of wanting to be in harmony with it rather than trying to destroy it. And many of them get ecological messages and what have you. Again, which is completely different to anyone saying, oh, well, they're all demons. They want to, you know, they want to destroy the planet. Nothing could be further from the truth. And as you mentioned uh, before, uh, a lot of the the, the crashed uh, UFOs is uh, reverse uh, engineered uh, again uh, for uh, uh, humans to kill other humans. And there's been, well, there's a, a lot of uh, rumors about uh, reverse engineering being tested at uh, Area 51 and the uh, what's termed the Aurora aircraft which is the the v-shaped aircraft with the, the the lights and uh there was an interesting uh seven news uh spotlight special the ufo phenomenon by ross coulthard which uh, uh spoke to a lady who was in exmouth perth uh which is uh, a na uh, has a naval uh base on the the, we the west coast who uh saw these uh aircraft uh being flowing mm. well this is it that they have managed and the very few that you're told about one of the whistleblowers um explained there were at least 75 craft recovered from all over the world and many of them get sent to the us there's been south africa and many there are those in russia and what have you so this has been going on and kept quiet for a long long time and that that's exactly right the reason that that some countries are not sharing it simply because they want to have the heads up before someone else finds out about it and what have you as well. So the, all of this has been going on now for what, how many years, 80 years, 70, 80, 90 years or whatever. And, and what they have, I was told by one whistleblower, is some of their technologies 30 years in advance of what they're allowing us to see or, or know about. Because, and again, some of it is really amazing technology. and and. And what is, is my issue, despite the fact that that's hidden from us and could stop us using fossil fuels, we could transform this planet overnight. That's one issue as far as I'm concerned. But the biggest issue for me is because I'm there for the person having experiences which are still deemed crazy. And here we have not just thousands, I believe millions of people having this form of contact are being marginalized or shut up simply because 
it's not acknowledged that this is a reality and they're having real experiences and still being medicated, still being taken and put in hospitals and having their lives destroyed by that simply because of a truth embargo that shouldn't be there. The, we as a humanity deserve the truth and we deserve to know our origins and we deserve to know what the, the deep state knows. And that is why disclosure is so vital, uh, certainly as soon as possible. Uh, that lady from uh, Exmouth who saw uh, the Aurora V-shape, that was over 30 years ago, though, uh, for that uh, uh, spotlight special, she still wanted to remain anonymous because she was intimidated by the, the naval uh, uh, per personnel. And uh, this uh, this also occurred uh, in well, uh, Australia's uh, uh, most uh, viewed uh, UFO encounter at uh, Westall High School uh, in in Melbourne. It's not far from uh, where I am on sixth of April, nineteen sixty six, when the, the the high schoolers uh, saw a a what looked like a UFO aircraft in the the woods and uh, these uh, school-aged children they were intimidated by uh, government officials in 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 suits uh, they, they were brought brought to tears and uh, it was uh, suppressed in all the the media reports uh, of the time it's a very significant one in Australia for sure I think it was 200 um together saw it um, with the children and some of the teachers um and yes all the evidence was removed and they were told they were not allowed to talk about it and it's been i think the great one of the greatest secrets kept deliberately by the military forces and the intimidation is not you know is not just for the, you know something like that any of those that are very outspoken about their experiences often end up being approached by government officials, black cars following them, helicopters, black helicopters, if they're having an, an experience, the black helicopters are around monitoring them and what have you. There's a huge amount of intimidation. It does sound like, you know, the men in black type thing, but it's not fiction. This is, you know, I've met many that have come out and spoken about their experiences. And because they've done that, they've been targeted by military organizations that don't want them speaking about it. And um, I mean, the intimidation can be really frightening, but Westall 66 is an important one. And there's many other schools. There's been schools um, that was in the Solomon Islands where a reverend, actually Gil, I think his name was, and children actually saw a UFO. There was another one in Zimbabwe that a psychiatrist, Dr. John Mack, uh, professor of psychiatry at Harvard University, interviewed these children in Zimbabwe and who draw the, the craft, drew the craft and the images uh, of the beings inside, who were still, some of them still having experiences after that, which I assume with Westall was the same. There was another school I heard of in, I think, Florida that had a similar experience. So that's interesting, is these schools, particular schools, and a number of children and teachers actually seeing these craft and what have you. And, and what is amazing to me is how little this gets through to mainstream for people that with anything else would be the most, the biggest story on the planet. And very, very little is known about it. And of course, that's been all part of the truth embargo that's been going on for almost, you know, 100 years. Has there been any attempts to uh, intimidate you, uh, given that uh, a lot of these people come to you uh, with uh, their, their, their stories? I've been asked that a few times, Tim, and um, as it's turned out, I am not aware that anyone's ever tried to do anything um, overtly anyway, um, as far as myself. And I can only come to the conclusion they're not seeing me as a major threat simply because I support people having experiences and I help them. But uh, yes, and I tell some of the stories and what have you. But I can just say I'm not a whistleblower in the sense I'm not naming names of various things that have happened, military installations or whatever. I, my 
information is pretty broad. So maybe they just don't see me as a major threat, which I'm very, very grateful for. But, you know, the bottom, I, I'm wondering about my phone occasionally where I hear the strange clicks and what have you. Um, but you know what, Tim, if you've got something that you're passionate about and you feel needs to be told, do you sit around and hide or do you actually do something for humanity and say, this is not OK, this, not, this is not right. And I'm going to do it while I still can, because there are too many people out there so frightened. They have never spoken about it to anyone. They've lived their lives in isolation. Do you step back and say, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to help. Well, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't come to this planet to to sit quietly and shut up. Look at what's happening on the planet right now. Do we sit and shut up when we see what's going on, which we don't believe is right? You know, there are too many that that live in that fear place. Either you can say, well, I'm going to live in fear for the rest of my life. Or I'm saying, no, I've come here to live a life, to be free and to speak my truth. And I've chosen to do that and I'll do it while I still can. Well, that's why I do this uh, a program as well, because I can't sit quiet. Now, how did we get to uh, this era where we've finally got this uh, disclosure and admission from the, the US uh, intelligence community and the, the Pentagon? Uh, there is now a, uh, a US uh, congressional hearing uh, it's so it's the the house uh intelligence committee's subcommittee on counterterrorism counterintelligence and counter proliferation the the ufo hearings are being chaired by democrat representative andre carson so like how did it, it uh, get to this this point where even U.S. politicians, so a lot of them are held captive to the, the U.S. deep states, are lobbying that, yes, this needs to be disclosed. We want to explore it more. Well, I think that there are so many people around the globe, so many with smartphones and what have you, videoing craft, people not in the slightest interested prior to that, that are seeing strange things in the sky, doing strange movements and what have you and saying, what the, what is this? I get phone calls all the time with people doing that. There is so much coming out now with with the reality that that, you know, these craft are there. There are those that take pictures of the, the moon and seeing spaceships, um, the uh, space station, all this stuff is with the Internet. So much is coming out now and many more people are sharing their stories over the Internet and whatever. I think that the government has realized or the deep state has realized they're on a loser. They're on a loser now. They can't continue to deny the reality. I also feel that these intelligences are probably giving them a boot up the bum and saying, if you don't, we're going to just make sure that people know about us anyway. I think there's come to a point where they're they're under the pump. And so they're giving the least that they can get away with. Um, which is what I see them doing at the moment. When, you, when you've got credible people like astronauts, you've got, you know, those in the military coming out saying, yes, we've seen these craft. Yes, they're all over the place. Um, and we've been told to be quiet about them. I mean, I've interviewed um, and one particularly in hypnosis was a gentleman from New Zealand that was um, on a on a on a Navy ship some years ago, I think it was HMS Canterbury, uh, uh, Canterbury. And he said that he was standing on the deck and he saw this, this craft coming out the sea. Um, another midshipman also saw it. It was on radar and literally came out the sea and then shot off. None of that was discussed. Nobody said anything about it or whatever. This is happening all the time. And that when, you know, how long is it you can suppress that before people start saying, well, they're really credible people. This was just one gentleman that re, um, remembered that. And he also remembered a, um, a huge craft coming to a small village in New Zealand as well and describing all, that they were about, they're all out playing, I think, rugby or something or other. The whole population, this huge craft coming over the top of them. And, and this was in the 60s. So these kinds of stories are coming out more and more now. I think that those behind the scenes are realizing they've got to start saying something. 
because too many people now and I think the acceptance is there already. I think a preponderance of the public are saying, you know what, I think this is real, even though it's not fully out there yet. And that's why I think that, you know, the mainstream are really becoming more interested in some of the stories now. And it's about time. In fact, it's way beyond time. Uh, as well as there being uh, uh, countless uh... Uh, ufologists, as uh, some people refer to uh, yourself, there's also been uh, uh, for uh, much of uh, the the 20th and 21st century a large uh, skeptic uh, lobby who come up with explanations such as well uh, the the Westall UFO that it's mass hysteria and what they saw was just an experimental military aircraft or what's the other one a, a weather uh, balloon and that. Uh, UFO photos and footage can easily be faked by just putting tin foil on a on a on a disc. Oh, look! You know what I find with many of the skeptics. Um, I, I call a lot of them debunkers. Anyway, they've not done their homework for a start. Um, there's been many. I always remember Dr. Roger Lear, who was um, a surgeon that took out implants, and he said when he first went to a UFO conference, he was pretty pretty. Um, clear that what he's going to see is a lot of crazy people, you know, with tinfoil hats and all the rest of it. He couldn't believe there were scientists, astrophysicists and a whole range of highly academic people at these conferences and what have you that know this is a re reality. What I say about many of the debunkers or the skeptics, if they are true skeptic, is they just haven't done the homework because the evidence is absolutely overwhelming when you start looking into it and you start to understand more of what has been hidden. And I mean, there's plenty now, uh, so much evidence that it, it, to me, it's ridiculous that anyone would say it's not real. Come on, guys, I wanna say to him, you know, we, we are already told by cosmologists, there are millions of planets that support life on, in our cosmos now, now, beyond what we can imagine. Do we really think we're the only intelligent life? Oh, come on. Heaven help us if that's the case, because you know that's a real worry. You were probably at the bottom end of the pyramid here. I've been told that some of these these um, civilizations are many thousands of years ahead of us. When they try and say, "Oh well, we can't travel through space to reach them," and all the rest of it. Oh, for goodness' sake! This is human science we're talking about. We haven't got a clue yet what makes reality. You know, and these 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 intelligences, many of them, you know, can travel um, folds fold space and i mean scientists are talking about this where they can come from light years and what have you just because we can't do it does that mean that these intelligences can't i mean it's an illogical it's illogical on so many levels that i just find it hilarious when somebody struggles with it and how many uh, whistleblowers would there be from not just the, the US uh, intelligence military uh, community, but uh, worldwide? Uh, I mean, uh, how can it uh, be uh, denied that there's been secret government programs? I mean, there's certainly more uh, UFO whistleblowers than they've ever been, say, for the JFK uh, assassination, which we're still uh, not much the wiser about. And that's the thing is, you may, if it's just one or two drip feeding certain amount of information as a whistleblower, then fair enough. But Dr. Stephen Greer came out with a whole panel of whistleblowers, I think in uh, 2001 or 2002, in an inquiry where we, we had, you know, uh, those that worked in the, the field of uh, missiles, those um, though working on, and, and one of them was Robert, Robert Salas, um, who worked on a base and wrote Faded Giant about his experiences with them. There were a whole range of those saying that how much the cover up, they'd seen the, the images being blocked out and what have you. You can't have more and more and more people coming out with this kind of information and dismissing it. There has to be a point where you say, hold on guys, there's got to be some integrity in all of this. And many of them have been marginalized, threatened, you know, when they've come out with this kind of information, um, highly credible information and highly credible individuals. So at the end of the day, don't listen to me and what I'm saying about people who are having encounters. 
you know, look at the whistleblowers, look at those that have been in these programs and what they're saying about what they know and make up your own mind. Don't, you know, that, that, that in itself is, is, and I've met many of them. And there's no question in my mind that there's a truth there. And some of them have done it just before they died, literally on the deathbed. They've come out and said, I've got to talk about this before I die. I have to let people know what really goes on in some of these underground bases and what's being hidden from the public, just an, virtually as they, you know, they've only got a few weeks to live. Why would they do that? They do it because they think the truth has to be told. And uh, you uh, would have noticed a uh, more uh, serious interest from the, the mainstream media, and uh, there's more and more uh, UFO uh, content uh, being produced. Uh, it was uh, one of the things that uh, kept me occupied during uh, Melbourne's uh, various uh, uh, lockdowns. There's, uh, I definitely uh, recommend the the Netflix uh, series and also the, the Seven News Spotlight special with Ross uh, Coulthard. That's free on, 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 on Seven Plus. Uh, have you like have your requests for uh, media uh, increased? Well, yes, of course. Now that it's becoming more and more open, the mainstream are getting more interested, or mainstream media are getting more interested um, in all of this anyway. And and that has been why I'm grateful, Tim, for you and and others that are coming out and asking for this information because I know how much. Uh, of this is still not accepted in some of the mainstream venues and and people having experiences to know there is a resource there is someone they can come to for me is the main reason I do this apart from the fact that it's time we as a species realized and understood that we're not alone because that's the biggest truth of all and we've never been alone either by the way they've always been here well, that's the, 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 the question that uh, draws uh, people to exploring the, the UFO extraterrestrial phenomenon. Uh, are uh, we alone? And I remember uh, when you first replied to me, uh, you said we're definitely uh, not alone. And you're confident that uh, this uh, will have further disclosures, uh, seri more, more serious uh, uh, exploration by uh, parliaments, congresses, and uh, more serious research uh, uh, going forward into the 21st century? I think it's inevitable because what I have noticed more and more is that people are starting to tell their stories and are no longer quite so fearful of judgment of them. And I'm talking about, you know, really amazing credentials in some of them. And some of the uh, organization that I'm involved with, which is the Consciousness and Contact Research Institute, is coming out with four volumes. Two of them are the science of people with the science degrees in academia, um, astrophysics, etc., that are telling their stories and saying how this is a reality. And, you know, many of them are also explaining how they have had personal experiences, including medical doctors, astrophysicists, um, lawyers, etc., um, that are all sharing their multidimensional experiences. Very hard to dismiss when you've got so much of, of that kind of caliber coming out and telling their stories. It's, it's all being called beyond UFOs, and it's all about the science of consciousness and what we really are as a species, and we're just beginning to find out. Well, it's been truly fascinating to uh, uh, discuss uh, uh, this. Uh, uh, this uh, well, it's it's been a, a phenomenon throughout history, but especially in the context of uh, this new uh, uh, disclosure. And uh, uh, like, like I said, it's uh, something that's always fascinated uh, me. And uh, good to speak to a fellow uh, Australian on this uh, subject as well. You're up in Queensland. Uh, I'm sure you can't, uh, you can't wait to, to get back out to the, the, the rest of the world and, and reconnect uh, with the, the, uh, the uh, community and uh, uh, other people that you've met throughout your, your time as a researcher. Yes, Tim, and thank you very much for, again, for inviting me. And I am sure that I will be traveling again before long, once everything starts to normalize, if it ever does. 
Um, but my main thing is that I'm grateful that, to people like yourself because at least it means I can still reach people, particularly those that don't always listen or hear this kind of information. So thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And your website is alienlady.com and people can purchase your, your books uh, through well Amazon. Uh, so uh, just type in Mary Rodwell and uh, you'll find her, her books available for purchase. Thank you again. Thank you. This is Will's Front, brought to you by theunshackled.net. And I'm back here live and uh, I will will, will show you Mary's uh, website now. Uh, So I didn't want to sort of do the the split screen when I was uh, interviewing her. Uh, That's also why that, uh, although I was engaging with all of you in the the chat, I didn't want to uh, put up some of your uh, uh, comment highlights uh, now. So this is her website there. And uh, she's got here in the uh, about uh, section, the the, the questionnaire. Uh, So if you are having contact uh, experience, read the questions below and uh, complete the questionnaire. Uh, So there's feelings, uh, awareness, uh, physical effects, and and fears. And uh, this is also uh, Mary's uh, books here. So they're certainly something that if you want to deep dive more into into this, uh, then it's it's certainly uh, purchasing her books is, is something to look at. Uh, now, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, interacting with you all. Uh, Mad Pyman said, uh, I remember seeing Mary on a TV show. Her son travelled around uh, with her to a UFO conference. Uh, she's been in uh, numerous uh, d- uh, documentaries uh, over the years. I know that uh, uh, Andy Nolch, who's the, the, the indie uh, Scientology uh, podcast account, has... Uh, has uh, followed her work for for years. Uh, so, what's my position on on UFOs? Well, I'm always have an open mind. I'm an atheist, so to be convinced uh, that uh, there's uh, something other than uh, what we see on this earth, I like to see the the evidence, and so that's uh, that's why I've been fascinated with this uh, topic. So. I would like uh, uh, people who are who are still watching us now in the the comments to to maybe leave their their final remarks about whether they were uh, convinced uh, by uh, Mary. And there's of there's of course there's not just the the Netflix series and the Seven News Spotlight special. You can also watch that uh, on YouTube as well. I know that there's a, a series on on Paramount Plus. Uh, there's also a recent series on the History Channel. Nearly every uh, streaming service now has a, a, a UFO U, U, UFO doc, doco series. And, of course, the, the congressional hearings are, are ongoing. Um, I've, uh, I'm going to be including in the, the show notes page uh, the, the link to all of uh, these all of these uh, documentaries and uh, also I'll uh, provide a link to well one of the the latest uh, reports uh, so this is uh, this is uh, the the chair of the the first uh, UFO uh, hearing here Andre Carlson he says uh, somebody has to do it and uh, politicians of the uh, of the last 10 years have wanted to uh, on both sides have wanted to dig deeper into this uh, in uh, Australia uh, the Greens Peter Wish Wilson he asked at Senate estimates a, a defense officials uh, a, a question about uh, if they have any uh, intel on uh, UFO uh, sightings there Colin says, I think UFOs are a cultural, religious uh, phenomena. Well, obviously there's uh, people who are fascinated by the, the, the subject, but uh, there, there are people who witness uh, UFO uh, inc- 
incidents and and see them who have previously had no fascination into the the subject there i know that uh robert hartley here is is quite skeptical uh about uh, the 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 ufo uh experts and and conferences what's he said here help i've been inducted by a ufo uh conference it was certainly i've i've uh, always wanted to bring a different type of show uh, to all uh, to all of you uh, guys who are regular uh, watchers, not just to focus on uh, news and current events. So I hope that you uh, enjoyed it. I was certainly fascinated by it. And uh, if you've got any more uh, suggestions about non-political current events topics uh, that you'd like uh, me to, to feature on future Wilmsfront programs, uh, either leave them in the, the comments or uh, suggest them to me uh, in the, the Unshackled discussion telegram or the, the Wilmsfront uh, chat as well. Uh, now, there'll be no Trad Tasman talk tomorrow since there was a, a show on Tuesday with, with Due, but it'll be back uh, next Friday, which will be the, the 17th of, of June, uh, 6 p.m. Melbourne time on the Wilmsfront channels. That'll be with uh, uh, Due de Boer again. Uh, Stephen uh, Berry is uh, occupied by uh, other uh, tasks at the moment. I'll, of course, uh, next see you all uh, for Tim's News Explosion, uh, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on the Wilmsfront uh, channels to bring you up to date about uh, what's ha what's been happening this this past week with the, the new uh, annual order, uh, the, the new uh, federal government. And uh, also, uh, I'll give you an update on how the weather is down here because it's, yeah, most conversations here are started at the moment. It's like, wow, it is so cold. Did you know how cold it was? And of course, still publishing uh, regular uh, articles and content on the unshackled.net. Uh, we've got a regular flow of articles now and also keep an eye out for the relaunched Unshackled uh, newsletter in your email inbox. And uh, I've also just uploaded a, a new uh, fresh report from Tiger Mountain with Richard Walsencroft. I just filmed them today, uploaded the first one to the Unshackled YouTube channel. So make sure that uh, uh, you check out uh, those uh, that channel as well. Make sure you always click the, the bell for notifications on the, the Wilmsfront and the Unshackled YouTube channels as well. And of course, we've also got our Odyssey, BitChute and Rumble uh, channels as well backing everything up. Uh, so have a, a safe and warm weekend, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me and keep watching the sky. Thanks for tuning in to Wilmsfront. Visit timwilms.com to view the archive of episodes and keep visiting theunshackled.net to view all our shows and to keep up with the latest real news and analysis. 